Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Stuart Webb of The Complete Approach is a former virologist who is now a business success mentor and a podcast host. Stuart uses networking in his business and also encourages his clients to do the same. He is passionate about listening whilst networking and being really intentional with your listening. And as you'll hear, he brings up that old saying, you've got one mouth and two ears, so use them in that proportion. Thank you very much for being my podcast guest today, Stuart. Absolutely no problem at all. Thank you for inviting me, Liz. Now, Stuart, you're a business success mentor and a podcast host, which we'll talk about later. But what's your background and how did you get to be where you are now? Well, I was a a scientist, um, a virologist in actual fact, long before it was as well known and trendy (laughs) as it is now. I know everybody is now an armchair virologist, but uh, I was a virologist and was always fascinated by how um, things such as viruses were able to get into a human cell and take it over. You'll notice I've just already specified it was a human Mm. uh, virus I'm talking about because a lot of people, because of the fields that I've entered into, which are to do with technology, think I was talking about computer viruses. Right. (laughs) These were actual real human viruses I was dealing with. And I I was always fascinated by how they got into a cell and basically hijacked it and took it over. And it was something which fascinated me from a very young age. And I decided I'd follow that passion. I followed it into my degree and my, my further degrees. Um, and I ended my um, my career, well, the end of my career, I, I, I was, was very, very fortunate to be in the labs, which eventually became the labs which formed this Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which right. we're no, now more aware of because of the... Um, uh, the, the, the pandemic which we lived through and uh, so uh, that was my, my, my background and my time there was, was absolutely fabulous and I learned a great deal about uh, you know uh, both my subject and and you know what you need to do to make a success of things Liz. Mm. So what was it that made you leave science? Well I think I realised that I was not going to be a great um uh, university lecturer, actually, if you want me to be honest, I kind of came to the conclusion that, that my uh, interests were so varied and uh, I enjoyed being in the lab and I enjoyed being working with with the, the people that I worked with. But but I, I kind of I kind of wanted to explore lots of other things. I had lots of interests. I was always one of those people that was fascinated by many things. So I wanted to be a bit more of a um, of a generalist, if you like, um, and sort of spread my wings into other things. And I was fascinated as I read about how to build and sort of get involved with business. As I thought, it's something I want to experience. So I decided I'd see if I could use my skills to sort of um, do something in those lines. And I took myself off to try and learn something about it. Oh, OK. So when, when did all that occur? How long ago? Well, I was uh, very fortunate about this time. It was a, it was just at the time when um, the internet was beginning to become a thing. Mm. And um, one of the things that I did was, as I was beginning to, to, to spread my wings, I wanted to learn exactly how you could teach um, uh, medical students 
um, more exciting things in a more interactive way. And one of the things I did was I set up one of the first worldwide web servers at a university. Mm. Uh, and in fact, I came across this guy, Tim Berners-Lee, who was doing yes. something like that. And I sort of collaborated on sort of trying to set this thing up and asked him a few questions about how he was setting these up. Because I was convinced that there were better ways of communicating between universities and university students at this time. So that was kind of one of the introductions I had to do with something other than just sort of being a scientist in the laboratory. And how quickly did all that happen? Well, this is where it sort of gets, it, it, it all happened very quickly because it's one of those sort of, um, as I was doing that, I was also exploring exactly how we could better report uh, patient results because I was in a hospital and I was doing some of this. So I was exploring exactly how you can uh, better report patient results. And I was convinced as well, having sort of understood how you could teach um, medical students things with computers, I was also absolutely convinced that we would be much better at reporting things by using computers. So I helped set up a network of computers around this laboratory in order to capture data from machines which were sort of doing tests and then get those onto um, what was a very basic database in order to be able to sort of put those reports back out to the hospital. And of course I decided this was something I was going to follow as, a, as my next big thing. I wrote to a, a local company and said, I've got these skills, I'm sure I'd be really valuable to you, and they hired me. And that's when I first discovered about how you could get into the world of business and use computers and the internet in order to try and sort of change those businesses. And that's what, that was my first introduction to being outside of a, of a virus lab and in something else. Yeah, it sounds like in a way you were sort of in the right place at the right time, really, as, as all this was taking off. Yes, I was. I was fortunate because it wasn't something that I planned. Uh, had I looked back now, I'd probably planned something very different, <laughs> but I never planned it in this way. This was one of those, it just all sort of came together. And I just, I just, I just was young enough to, uh, to, to run with it and just find out what would happen. And I thoroughly enjoyed my time. Yeah. So you describe yourself now as being a business success mentor. What is a business success mentor? What is it that you do? Well, I've been now involved in helping to build, scale and sell people's businesses and my own businesses for, for about three decades. Uh, so, so I mentor owners and managers to grow their profits, manage their teams and to therefore increase the business value ready for them to be able to sort of either go on to the next phase of their growth or to work with them to sort of put together a plan for them to sort of um, exit a business and get ready for the next phase of their life. And what skills did you learn uh, when, when you were a scientist, do you think, that help you in what you do today? Well, I think it was uh, part of the, the basic uh, discipline of a scientist is to have a very repeatable way of doing something so mm. that you can explain it to somebody or to be able to repeat it again and again and get the same result. And that's one of the things that I believed when I started down my journey as, a, as an entrepreneur, if you like. Um, I thought I would have to sort of put all of that on the shelf and just throw it away because I'd read these stories about these people that would just uh, take um, uh, take advantage of a situation, move quickly, uh, you know, not, not follow rules, not follow systems. And therefore, all of that training would be completely useless to me. And I started uh, a couple of years into this journey um, thinking along those lines. And eventually I sort of realised in actual fact, in order to build a business, in order to get the same results, 
that you got from doing something. What you had to do is put back in place a repeatable system, exactly as I had as a scientist. Mm. So I took out of the sort of off the shelf, if you like, all of this learning, all of those things which I had um, stored away and thought, okay, I need to learn to have very repeatable systems, the same way of dealing with somebody, uh, the same way of sort of of doing something in order to be able to get a result and build upon it. And so therefore, I I feel like I, I brought all of those scientific principles back out and said, I am going to find that the robust thinking, the unbreakable formulas that I had and put those back in as the foundations for really developing and building business growth. Yeah. And I imagine not many people are doing things that way. I, I don't suppose you get too many people with a background like yours doing what you're doing. No, because a lot of people I find in my sort of field come from places like accountancy or possibly sales and they have uh, they have got the understanding of how those those robust formulas and systems work. Um, but I think one of the things that, as a scientist you do, you, you recognise that innovation comes from observation, innovation comes from talking to people, innovation comes from a wide range of different sources. So I, I tap into all of those skills I got in terms of being able to talk to people, to read, to be able to learn from other people and use all of those skills to be able to sort of bring innovation and then embed that sort of process to be able to repeat again and again what you thought about, what you wanted to do to bring that innovation or to bring that robust growth to a Mm. business. And what, what kind of qualities do you think a good mentor needs? Well, I think there are a couple of things that I'd obviously um, look at. One of them is the fact that you have that diverse range of thinking. You can you can you can understand uh, somebody's point of view, but you also need the ability to connect the dots. You need to be able to sort of think about a situation in a different way. Something else I learned as a scientist was not necessarily to sort of always follow a strict path, but to look around and say, well. There are three or four ideas that are going around in this particular field. How do I help bring those together? So I think it's the ability to think about different and more diverse things. I think the other great thing that uh, most mentors need in this field is to have, if you like, a good foundation and a great set of disciplines that you can rely upon. I am uh, hugely impressed by mentors that I come across that have got a, a background which sort of says, you know, I... I will always go back to my 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 roots, and if uh, if if this doesn't feel right, if this doesn't smell right, I'll let you know and be the, the if you like the critical friend that will tell you something isn't working, um, and and use the sort of the the experience that I've got in order to try and back that up. Mm. So, what kind of businesses do you help? Is it a, a specific sector, or is it very general? Let me give you a couple of examples, actually, Liz, because I think that's probably the easiest way to do it. I mean, obviously, I've, I mentioned some of the sort of technical businesses. I was involved with a, a software startup in, my, in the early days of the Internet, which I helped to grow uh, pretty quickly and then sold. I've worked with IT consultancies, um, growing them from sort of 60 to sort of 600 staff before selling. Uh, I've been mentoring just recently uh, a CEO of a very innovative glass treatment startup who's been growing to try and um, tap into the US market. And I've helped him go from zero to something along the lines of 10 million, opening up US and Middle East markets and wow. new manufacturing partnerships. 
Um, I've been working with a very innovative team to bring uh, a light-based technology to the, uh, the field of cleaning viruses and bacteria-loaded air. Um, I worked with a retail outlet uh, to help him develop a, an online presence in response to the pandemic. Um, and then um, another telecoms provider who's launching a system to some 20,000 users at the moment. So wide ranges of different people and things. Um, and, you know, the, the thinking that you were sort of put behind all of that is that I bring that sort of critical friend to all of that. So, you know, I've, I've done this and I've got the scars to let you know that's not the right approach. Let me give you a different approach which might give, produce better results for you rather than just following the sort of, you know, your thinking about how this is going to go. Because, you know, um, I've often made the mistakes that people I work with are about to make. So tell, tell me about networking now, Stuart. How have you used networking in your business? Yeah, network's been hugely valuable to me, Liz. Uh, networking, I find, is is something that you um, that a lot of people invest a lot of time in, but unless you're thinking about it strategically, unless you really understand what you're trying to get from it. So I have two objectives when I'm networking with people. Those two objectives are I'm, I'm looking to educate them the people that I meet with in order to get them to speak to the people they know and get them to sort of recommend me to their friends, contacts, relatives. So having a very clear understanding of how you can explain to them the sort of things they need to listen out for with their contacts is absolutely crucial to me. Mm -hmm. So I spend a lot of time thinking about what it is I need them to be listening out for and I educate them on those things. The other thing that I want to use networking for, obviously, is to meet new and diverse people that I might want to be able to connect with and and build a relationship with. So once again, there are two things that I'm really trying to do there. The first of which is have a really clear what is it I can do for you? What is my unique thing that I'm going to bring to your business? So I need to understand their problems and have a clear message on how I'm going to be able to help them to overcome that problem. And the other thing that I'm trying to do is give them a really irresistible offer, i.e., uh, you know, I understand your problem, I understand how I can help you solve it, and here's something which you're going to find really attractive about this to help you uh, overcome that problem. So I give away a lot of free advice, but I also invite people like uh, I meet to come along to the free webinars that I run on a regular basis in order to explain how I work so that they can get a flavour and free advice in a few minutes, 45 minutes normally. Mm. And it is networking something that you encourage the clients that you work with to do as well? Absolutely. It's got to be part of your market marketing mix. It's got to be something that you put a, a, a good bunch of effort into. Um, I, cli- I encourage all of them, actually, not only to, to network, but to measure the, the effectiveness of their networking, how many contacts they made, how many of those people they're keeping in touch with, how many times they're going to be talking to those people. Because as you know, uh, most people you meet don't buy from you immediately. No. They have six or seven contacts, mm-hmm. sort of eight or nine times that you need to speak with them before they're prepared to invest. So you need to have a very good follow-up strategy which sort of says, I'm going to maintain contact with this person for six or seven weeks, possibly more, before I'm expecting to sort of go in and launch sort of, you know, my attack to sort of sell something to them. Certainly not the sort of, you know, 
two messages, buy from me or else I'll never speak yeah. to you again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what skills do you think that people need to network effectively? I think you need two very clear skills. Um, and those are basically summarised in the you have two ears and one mouth and you should use them in those ratios. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the fact that I spend most of my time networking listening. I listen to what people have as their business problems. I'll ask a couple of questions and let them talk at me about what they are trying to achieve. And I think about what they're saying and I concentrate very carefully on what they're saying and really try and take it in. And that means I'm not trying to just hand them a business card and walk away having sort of tried to solve them, tell them something. Mm-hmm. I'll spend some time listening to them, asking them questions, and then I'll say to them, look, do you mind if I come back to you in a couple of days, having had a think about some of what you said, because I'm sure there are ways in which I could give you some advice that would help you. So that's the first thing, is, is to listen. But the, the thing that I also alluded to there was the questions. You can't be doing networking with one mind on or one set of thoughts on something else that's going on. You have to be intentionally listening to somebody, very carefully listening to what they're saying and then asking intelligent questions. There's no point in just sort of giving them your 30 second spiel and then expecting sort of a result from it. Listen for the problems they've got and then when you can give them your 30 second elevator pitch, what you do is you put it in context to what they've just said. If they've described a problem with generating leads you can turn around and say okay look let me tell you about a time when I helped a company to do that and if they tell you their problem isn't about lead generation but it's about the fact they've got the wrong pricing you turn around and say let me give you an example of how I've helped somebody get their pricing right you've got to be able to sort of listen in order to be able to ask intelligent questions and then put your answers and your thinking in the context of what they're trying to achieve yeah yeah so how have you found that networking has changed over the last couple of years? Well, you know, we've all gone online. So uh, I was actually talking to somebody about this only the other week and they were talking to me about how they can't network anymore because it's all online. And I mm-hmm. disagreed 100 uh, percent. I have been more effective with my online networking than I have with some of my yeah. in presence networking. And the reason you can be effective online is because you have once again got to take it to that intentional level. You know, if you're in a Zoom call with somebody, if you're on a a Teams meeting with somebody, the thing you have to do is make sure you are listening, not doing your emails, but actually spending some time listening to the other person and being very intentional about speaking to them. And I think that we can be much more intentional if we start to remember that actually our our presence in in a room, in a meeting, particularly when it's online, needs to be all on the people that we're talking to, not trying to do 15 other things Mm -hmm. at once. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I've found that since we've moved online, I've been much more effective at following up with people because it's just so easy. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. We were going back to that thing that I was talking about before. Networking is not about that first initial conversation. Networking is about the follow up. You know, I often say to my clients, you know, the word, the, the word work is in network for a good reason. It's not supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. You've got to work at it. You have got to spend some time following up. And remember that most people will not buy until you reach the seventh, eighth, ninth contact with them. Yeah. And that can be a contact of a telephone call, a text message, an email. Don't just send seven emails and think that they're going to sort of, you know, not everybody responds to an email. Mm-hmm. Some people want that call. Some people want that text. Some people actually want to suggest a coffee. So, you know, you have to have six or seven really intentional discussions, email, text, 
phone calls, whatever it takes in order to be able to get to know that person and to be able to demonstrate you can help them. Yeah, yeah. So at the top of the interview, we mentioned that you are also a podcast host. So tell me about your podcast. So who's it for and what's it about? So, uh, yes, I started the podcast, which is called It's Not Rocket Science. You could imagine why the word <laughs> science is in there, having given you what I did. I wasn't a rocket scientist, but I decided if I called it It's Not Virology, people wouldn't listen. But um, I came to the conclusion, I sort of talked about the fact that um, what I want to do is give growth-hungry business leaders uh, uh, tips to help them grow their business. And what I do is I, I invite interesting people to come onto the podcast and just I ask them just five questions. And in those five questions, I, we basically explore what they do to help business, help business. So that what I'm trying to do with with my podcast is give exposure to other people's business ideas and, and get them to explain what they do for the for the audience. Basically, because I think a lot of the time, you know, obviously these are people that have sort of been interested in following what I'm up to, but they'll get bored of hearing my voice all the time. So I'm trying to get some more voices in, some more conversation going with other other interesting people, and they can listen to what we're up to, um, try to help solve the world's problems um, in in growing businesses. So it's it's, it's about growth hungry business um, businesses wanting to get tips for growing their own businesses. And where can your podcast be accessed? So it's all on, it's on Apple Podcasts, it's on Spotify, and it's called It's Not Rocket Science, Five Questions Over Coffee. Brilliant. And just finally then, how can people find you if they want to know more about uh, The Complete Approach? Well, we're obviously at The Complete Approach. That's complete approach all in one word, thecompleteapproach.co.uk. And you'll obviously also find me on LinkedIn. And at LinkedIn, I'm just Stuart Webb. Lovely. Well, thank you very much, Stuart. Uh, It's been great chatting to you. Thanks, Liz. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.